Well, good morning. You have a good week? So Beck and the young adults out climbing Gungun. Yeah? So we're on Facebook. Gail did well to get here this morning. Her legs are feeling... She can feel her legs. They climbed a, a mountain up in, in uh, near Tibrogargan. I'm not quite sure where it is. Somewhere in the Glasshouse Mountains. Is that right, Beck? Young adults. Yeah, saw it on Facebook. Looked like fun. Well done, well done. Welcome back, Team Cambodia. Two-thirds of us anyway. So good to have you here. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, and uh, this morning we went from uh, uh, no band to a big band. Yeah, so good. Again, Emerge Church, thank you for being here. Jess. Uh, Caitlin, Keith, thank you so much. Just graping in the presence of the Lord and just really encourage us. Thank you so much for your sacrifice uh, and coming all the way over here to the other side of the Jinka track. Yeah, so good, so good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we, we, we um, had a bit of a skinny spot in the rostering. We contacted Emerge Church and I got back, well, we can give you Jess. And we thought, we'll take Jess, she's fantastic. And then I got a message this week. Guess who's got a drummer and a backing vocalist? So, you know, and then Gary was like, whoa, I'll, I'll find a way to get back. And he's having fun on bass. So, so good. So good. Such an encouragement. Wonderful. 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 You know, we, we live in a 24-hour-a-day society. I mean, society's always had 24 hours in a day, actually. But, but, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very busy. I, I don't know about you. I'm finding life really, really busy. You know, some shops are open 24 hours a day now. You know, if you ever wanted to get to a Woolies at 2 o'clock in the morning, like everybody does, there's one of the airports open 24 hours a day. You know, we've got 7-Eleven shops all over the place. You go into the city, they're just everywhere. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're plugged in and switched on almost all the time. I get emails at the weirdest of times and texts, and, and you think, what is this person doing at this time? And then I'm thinking, what am I doing at this time? You know? <laughs> You know, we're on our tablets and phones, and we never really leave work, do we? You know, customers and colleagues and bosses can pretty well contact us at any time and anywhere. We don't turn our phones off. I've seen a, a huge change in Australia since returning from Japan. I used to think Japan was way busier than Australia and, and so much less time over there. After coming back, I've realised Australia's just got just as busy as Japan and the whole world has become a really, really busy place. People are stressed out and wound up and never really switched off. I was at the movies a few weeks ago with the, with the kids. We went out to see The Lion King. You know, who's seen The New Lion King? Yeah, it was fabulous. It was, it was really, really good. And um, there, was, there was a person, a couple of rows forward, on their phone almost the whole way through the movie. I, I had to really deal with my heart a couple of times as we were watching. I, I so nearly climbed over a couple of rows of seats to um, have a come to Jesus talk. But I, 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 I realised that was probably not appropriate during the movie because then, you know, yeah, so I just had to let that go and I'm... Yeah, confessing that now. But, you know, like some on their phone, even in the movies. What's with that? I, I don't think it's the way we're supposed to live. Sending email late at night and checking email seven days a week. I just don't think this is the way we're supposed to live. You know, in biblical times, when gathering, gathering in the harvest, 
when, when the harvesters were, were, were bringing in the grain, they weren't allowed to go right to the margins of the field. They had to leave uh, an area around the edges uh, for, for, for the poor and for the needy. Uh, so, so those people that were caught unexpected and needed some help uh, could go and gather some grain. And, and it was about leaving some margin. You know, we aren't living with any margin for the unexpected in our lives anymore. You know, if a crisis comes, so many of us are living right on the edge, like living to the max of our capacity, and then something huge comes along. Life happens, and life does happen. And we've got nothing left, no reserves, no margin in our lives for the unexpected, for crisis. And I believe that's why we have such high rates of depression and stress-related illness in our society. We don't have any space or downtime anymore. You might be wondering why you got a Kit Kat on your seat if you got here a little early. I mean, they went pretty quick. Um, and uh, if, if you didn't get one at the back, you, you know, you could move forward now. There's a few on the front seat. Just, just saying. Just saying. I don't know. They're gone. So um, at the title of my message today, you might have guessed, is take a break. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know it's an old ad. And, and look, hey, I don't know if you've sort of done something you haven't done for the first time, there's a green tea or matcha Kit Kat there. Uh, they're good for you. Um, yeah, and there's two in there. So, I mean, just stretch out. You could swap it with someone and uh, try the, the green tea Kit Kat. So the title of my message today is Take a Break. Um, I want to read from Isaiah 58, verse 13 to 14, and I'm doing it in the NIRV. And my wonderful friend Yetta at the back actually typed it in uh, this, this particular uh, part of the Bible for us so we could have it in the NIRV because I like the way it's written there. So let's read together. Do not work on the Sabbath day. Do not do just anything you want to on my holy day. Make the Sabbath day, make the Sabbath a day you can enjoy. Honor my holy day. Do not work on it. Do not do just anything you want to. Do not talk about things that are worthless. Then you'll find your joy in me. I will give you control over the most important places in the land and you will enjoy all of the good things in the land I gave your father Jacob. The Lord has spoken. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the, your word. This is indeed, Lord your word and God we, we take them to heart we open our hearts as uncomfortable as it might be at times God we, we say God we're going to open our hearts and we give you permission to speak into our lives and give us ears to hear what you're saying I pray that you change us from the inside out in Jesus name Amen so this, this is a passage of, obviously written by the prophet Isaiah um, about not just doing what we want on God's holy day and, and having a Sabbath day. A Sabbath day means a day of rest. And um, in this, it's not just do not do this and do not do that. It contains promises in this. As we read this verse, we see promises. Um, you know, it, it, it's a day to enjoy. Um, and God's giving us a warning. Don't just do what you want to do. Don't, don't waste your words with worthless talk but you know if we do make it a special day and set time aside with God we'll find joy in God you know make that time that sacrifice to come to church and we'll find joy in the Lord 
you know, and on top of it, he'll give us control over the most important places in the land. There's all kinds of promises in here. And uh, the Bible says here that if we, if we do keep the day holy, we'll step into those blessings and we'll be able to enjoy all the good things God has promised us. I mean, who wants to be blessed? Yeah. Who wants to hear from God? Who wants to be refreshed? Who wants to be released into godly genius? Who wants to please God and take a step of faith? You know, there's several kinds of rest talked about in the Bible, as well as special times when Jesus took time out, either by himself or with his disciples. If we want to reach our best and be everything God wants us to be, we must take a break and have a Kit Kat. Only by doing so can we recharge and refresh and see things from God's perspective. I, I think so often we become overwhelmed and so full of all the tasks and the stuff we've got to get done. And there is stuff to get done. that We, we get so caught up. I don't know about you, but I get overwhelmed and I just I can't see it from anything but my weakness and, and just feeling overwhelmed. But when we take a rest, we take a break, we take it from God's point of view, we can actually recharge and see things from God's perspective. I think it's a sort of a, a letting go as well. Today I'm only going to touch on a couple of types of rest that are clearly identified in the Bible. And the first and most obvious rest in the Bible is a weekly rest, referred to in the Bible as the weekly Sabbath. You know, Matthew 6 verse 33, it says that if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he'll take care of the rest. I mean, it's a bit of a paraphrase and that's the way I sort of remember it. But if, if I put God first and seek his kingdom, he will take care of the rest. So the first thing I think we need to do is take a weekly rest every week. Take a day of rest. Exodus 34 verse 21 says, Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. In plowing time and in harvest you shall rest. You know, I was thinking about this, and I've just had a few days rest, you tell. And um, we're out there at the farm and, and seeing that the farmers plowing the fields and, and the dust. I have never eaten so much dust in my life. Uh, coming back home, the kids were worried about getting out of the car because just how filthy we looked. It was so dry and so dusty. But I was thinking about the farmers with their crops and, and looking out there. It's a hard thing to do to take a day of rest when the harvest is ready and you don't know if it's going to rain the next day. Your livelihood's on the line. You've got a crop ready to come in. And God's saying, well, even in harvest time, you need to take a day of rest. The Sabbath rest is all about faith and trusting in God. In other words, if I take a break and let go, not trust in myself, let go, if I leave the harvest or the planting for a day and take a rest, if I leave the making of money and taking care of business and looking after myself for a day, if I stop pursuing my own interests for a day, if I instead enjoy God and what he has given me, he will take care of me and my family. Why? Because that's faith. Taking a break can be faith in action. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, the Sabbath rest is a regular day which we set aside from work, where we stop pursuing our own interests and make it holy by spending time with God and his people. The Bible states that the Sabbath is holy. And holy simply means set apart for God. The Sabbath is a day where we enjoy what God has given us and thank Him for it. Where we can draw a line in the sand and say, I trust you, God. I will not work or study on the Sabbath. 
I do not trust in myself. I will work hard six days a week and rest one day a week as a testimony to your faithfulness. Whether it's harvest time or exam time, the principle stays the same. Parents, can I say, set a principle in your, in your children's lives. We don't study on, the, on our day, our family day of rest. We don't study on, on our day that we've set aside to spend time together as a family uh, and time with God. Rest is a habit that is learned, and I think so many of us have forgotten. Rest is scriptural. Therefore, I will not study on the Sabbath. I will come to church and trust you, God, that my hard work and study I have put in on the other six days combined with faith in you, God, will be enough. It'll be enough. We've, um, there's been times where, you know, Ivana's in high school now, you know, and, and there's times where like, hey, you need a break. You need a break, you know. Um, no, we're not going to study today. We're going to need a break. Set some boundaries. Set some things in place. Set, set some things in place where we have a rest. Um, we, we've had a you know pretty challenging time over the last few months and and uh, weeks. And there's been weeks where I haven't been able to take a rest, and I've felt that exhaustion. I've felt that weight and feeling overwhelmed. You know, the joy tank way low, way low, and uh, feeling flat and. Um, needing some time out, hence we took a few days out. And uh, I, I remember just a few weeks ago, because, you know, I generally speaking, I prepare my sermon on the Thursday. It takes about a day to prepare and seek God, make sure my heart's right and pray and prepare. And, and look, to be honest, because Friday's my day off, my, my, my general day off, and I found as a pastor it's been harder to make sure I take a day off than in any other job I've had, because I used to work Monday to Friday and that, that was it. You know, so, so I found it easier to, to do the cutoff. But I, I, I gotta confess, there's been times when we had a really tough week and things have happened, and and I could sort of bump my sermon preparation day to Friday. And on top of that, if if, if Friday didn't work out because of holidays, you, you could sort of sneak it over to Saturday. All right, you know, just 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 you know, being open here. And and I felt God challenge me just a couple of weeks ago. Trust me, trust me in this. I get up very, very early on Sunday morning, obviously, to pray and, and get ready. And God just said, just trust me. You get up 5 o'clock in the morning and seek me, and, and I'll meet your need. I'll, I'll have a fresh word for you. And, and I've got to say, I, I got very tempted on Saturday to, um, you know, but I, I just felt to trust God. It was a, a trust him that he'd show up and that he'd help me get it all together Sunday morning. And guess what? He did. And, and, and more people more people responded. I, I don't know if I delivered it quite as well or if it was quite as well articulated, but the Holy Spirit showed up and moved and people responded. And God came in spite of me. Amazing. You know, and I just, I just it's a challenge I'm putting out there. We, we've got to be able to make a day. And I'll tell you what, just it refreshed my spirit, refreshed my soul. So our first... Rest that is very clear instruction to us in the Bible is the weekly Sabbath. Whether your Sabbath rest day is on a Sunday or a Tuesday, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you trust God and obey Him by resting one day a week and trust God to take care of the things that matter to you because God did. It's all about faith in putting God first. If God takes a break after working hard, how much more should we follow His example, hey? I often used to think, you know, was God tired after speaking the world into existence? You know, was, what was it there with the rest thing? Why is God taking a rest? 
what's this all about? Um, but, you know, God wasn't tired. He's all-powerful. He doesn't get tired, which I really like that. You know, God doesn't get overwhelmed or, or tired. But, I, no, I believe God was setting an example for us to follow, teaching us how we should live. God wasn't tired. I think he wanted to play. I think he wanted to enjoy his creation, enjoy the people he's made. He wanted to have fellowship and enjoy what he's made. I, 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 I guess it's kind of like you know, I've shared before how I like gardening and doing a bit of landscaping. And, you know, you spend all day, sad day, and, and you do your garden and put some turf down and you sit back. And you want to sit back at the end of the day and, and your dirty clothes and just go, wow, that looks good. I like that pond. I like the, those plants. And, and you sit back and you enjoy your handiwork, don't you? And it's a good feeling. Um, and I think God wanted to enjoy what he had made. God wants to enjoy us, his creation. God also wants us to enjoy our families, our friends, and each other, and his creation on the Sabbath. This is where we become family. As a church, this is where we become the bride of Christ. You know, keeping the Sabbath is actually the fourth commandment that God gave to his people. Some of you might be thinking, well, it's Old Testament. We don't have to keep the Ten Commandments anymore. But I mean, you know, one of them is don't murder. I mean, we keep that one, don't we? There's some pretty good reasons to keep that too. Eh? But, you know, but like, like, there's a lot of commandments there. And, and Jesus said, don't think I've, I've come to get rid of what is written in the law or the prophets. Jesus didn't come to get rid of any of them. He came to fulfill them and demonstrate them and show us how to keep them. And, you know, in Jesus' day, they'd gone so legalistic about it that, um, you know, they got upset with Jesus by picking some, well, corn heads, but a corn to nibble on one day when he's out for a walk. And they considered that work. So let's be people who are known to keep God's laws, who live by faith and not by how hard we work. It's important to work hard. It's important to work hard. But what God is looking for is faith. Yes, work hard, but put God first and obey his commands, including the command to rest. Seek first his kingdom, and he'll take care of the rest. If you're going to live in the circle of God's blessing, you have to live by faith and keep God's laws. If you keep this law and learn how to rest, trusting in God rather than your own strength and ability, you'll be able to let God carry your burden rather than you carrying it. Jesus promised this when he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. What a great word, rest. Rest. If you learn to rest in God, he will renew your mind and spirit. He will refresh you so you can rise up on eagle's wings so that you'll have more energy at work than anyone else. You'll be more productive. You'll have more creative ideas. I, I find when I get really tired and worn out, my, my creativity just, 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 it goes and you, you start to operate out of habit, out of ritual and function. The creativity just goes way down. You'll relate to people better. Your health will also improve immensely. Rest and putting God first will restore balance and health in your life. Take a break. Trust God. So why do we need to rest? Because the Bible tells us to. And secondly, the second kind of rest is what I call the transfiguration. Time out. I'm going to read from Luke 9, 28 to 36. It's a, a great passage there. Um, 
It might be an NIV up there. Okay, about eight days after Jesus said this, he went up on a mountain to pray. He took Peter, John, and James with him. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in shining glory. Jesus and the two of them talked together. They spoke about his coming death. He's going to die soon in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been very sleepy, but then they became completely awake. I like that. They were very sleepy. They were tired. Um, they saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving, Jesus spoke up. Sorry, as the men were leaving Jesus, Peter spoke up. Master, he said to him, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters. One will be for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't really know what he was saying. <laughs> While Jesus was speaking, a cloud appeared. It surrounded them. The disciples were afraid. And as they entered the cloud, a voice came from the cloud. It said, this is my son, and I have chosen him. Listen to him. When the voice was spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept quiet about this. They didn't tell anyone at the time what they had seen. You know, transfigurations, well, they're kind of rare, aren't they? You know, anyone seen one like that? No? Maybe not quite like that. You know, they're very special and rare times where we have a unique experience, like the transfiguration experience that Jesus had on the mountain with Peter, James, and John. It's more of an infilling and an equipping time. A transformation of our hearts, minds, and spirits. God gives these times of rest and power us to go the next level. It's about moving on, moving into a new season and the next challenge. At the time of the transfiguration, Jesus was preparing for the greatest challenge of his life. Taking upon himself the sin of mankind and dying a terrible, terrible death on a Roman cross. But he was also preparing his closest friends for the time that was coming. They needed that transfiguration. They needed to know that they knew that Jesus was the Christ. They needed to know without a shadow of a doubt. He was preparing them for a really difficult time in him where their, their faith and belief in him was going to be challenged. He knew they needed a transfiguration experience. You know, today if you're, if you're here and you don't know Jesus or if you've drifted from God, it was for you that Jesus died on the cross 2,000, more than 2,000 years ago. It was for you and me that Jesus needed a transfiguration moment to prepare for the challenge of dying on the cross. Note that Peter, James, and John only took part in this transfiguration when they took time aside and time away with Jesus. They took time out to be with Jesus. When was the last time you took time out to be with Jesus. I mean, time out for a really special time with Jesus. A transfiguration experience today could happen for you at a conference. You could go away somewhere and uh, you put time aside and you're seeking God and God brings a breakthrough, an infilling of his spirit, a time of refreshing and strengthening. It could be an extended break, like when Jesus took his disciples uh, aside for a kind of retreat for a few days. It could be a time like when Jesus went away. He took time out to be with his disciples, took them aside to baptize them and, and have special time away. It could be when you go away for a retreat with family and friends. Each of these times should involve some special time 
with God. These times will often involve sacrifice of time and money and setting apart for something special. Marlene and I uh, love going away. We go away for a few days before making any big decisions in our lives, before starting a job, before starting anything new. We always take a few days aside to pray, to seek God, and just, just let it sit in our heart and our spirit and go, hey, God, is this, is this really from you? We, we think it is, but we set some time aside. God, is this really from you? We went away for a few days before the birth of our first child. We went away for a few days before we moved to Japan. I mean, that's a big decision. You want to make sure you got that one right. There were moments when we're over there when that was tested and we're like, God, did we really hear from you? And uh, we needed to know that we knew, know that we knew, yeah, that God spoke to us. There is something powerful about getting away. It gives you time to think and pray. I don't know about you, but when I try and do that at home, I keep looking at all the jobs I've got to do. And I think, oh, I'll just get that done, and then I'll pray. I'll, I'll just get that done, and then I'll, and I'll just, and I get distracted with all that stuff. By getting away, it can really help. Who He knows that bad decisions are often made when we're feeling tired. Some of the worst decisions I've ever made has been operated or a decision made when I've been tired and exhausted. We're often tempted to make decisions while we're tired, but really if we want to take, make the right decision, we need to take a break and trust God. And take some time of rest, even if it's just for one day. I think sometimes just going for one day, go out somewhere to a park or go to the beach, find somewhere where it helps you relax, where you can make some time aside to hear from God. Take some time of rest. Take a deep breath, and by putting God first and trusting him rather than in ourselves, we give him the opportunity to impart his wisdom and perspective in our decisions and situation. If God took a break from his work, then so should we. Just a thought. If you're ever feeling rushed into making a decision, it's probably not God. It's probably not God. Um. God isn't rushed. You know, he's never caught short on time. Like, he just doesn't happen with God. You know, he is never rushed. So we need to rest because the Bible tells us to and because God did. And thirdly, if we want rest and breakthrough, we need to make it a priority. When we look at the New Testament, we see Jesus, as was his custom, went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. He made it a priority. It, was, it wasn't something he decided on the morning. It was his custom. It was something he did every Sabbath. It was a priority. But he also took some very special time out for rest and restoration and training of his disciples. A few of these are John 3.22. Jesus went out to the Judean countryside and baptized his disciples. In Mark 9.30 it says, They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were. Because he was teaching his disciples. He didn't want any texts. He didn't want any Facebook messages. He didn't want nothing. He just wanted to get alone with his friends. I like, I like to keep a journal. I shared that a few weeks ago. And I think there's still a few journals left at the back there if you want to give it a go. I've become reading Wendy's book as well. And I, you know, she's a passionate journal, uh, journalist. No, like she likes the journal. That's not quite right. You know, and again, I'd, I'd endorse Wendy's book. It's just really challenging, touching my heart. And uh, if you want to begin journaling, want to give it a go, um, there's a number of journals at the back with a how to journal in there. Um, if you've got your own way of journaling, 
That's all good. There's not one way to journal. But the most important thing is we take time to hear God's word. And I think write it down. By some, Something powerful happens when we write it down. It sort of holds us accountable to what God's saying. And uh, interestingly enough, um, I'm pretty excited. Wendy's going to be speaking next month. And I've asked her if she would have her books available afterwards. So if you'd like to get one, I'm, I'm pretty excited to hear from Wendy. So I like to keep a journal and write in it when I, as I have my daily time with God. And uh, God spoke to me when I read this verse. And I wrote in my journal that Jesus prioritized time with his disciples to rest and build them up. So what does that mean for me? It means that I also need to prioritize time with my family to rest and build myself up and build up my family as, as you need to as well. So we need to take a break and trust God. So how do we do this? If we want to break through with God in a particular area of our life, we need to hunger and thirst after righteousness and God. We need to hunger. We need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hunger and thirst could simply be translated prioritize, make it something urgent. When you're really hungry, all you can think about is food. And I know because uh, a number of years ago, Marley and I fasted for 21 days. You can tell I know, looking at me. And and. You know, especially those last couple of days of the fast, all I could think about, I've got to admit the praying was going down and, and the imagination of the first meal was going up in the last couple of days. All I could think about was that first meal. And, and that's what the Bible's saying here, hunger and thirst for righteousness in the things of God. It means make it a priority. Where our treasure is, there will be our heart. Our heart follows our treasure. Where we invest our treasure, our heart follows us what the Bible says. If we need a breakthrough, it may cost money, time, and effort to see that breakthrough. A few years ago, I, I needed counselling in an area of my life, and I needed to go and see a counsellor and talk and need some help and some, some things to put some structures into my life. And it cost me something. I had to pay to go and see that counsellor. It cost me something. It was an investment, and it brought change and freedom. And it was a good thing. If we want to see the Hills District reach for Jesus, we, the church must hunger after God. Be prepared to pray, seek God, get equipped and trained up. Take time out with God. Be prepared to go to a conference and get filled up. As a family, we're pretty excited with the Planet Shakers conference has come back to Brisbane. Anyone been to a Planet Shakers conference? My, I think my ears are still ringing from it. Um, I, I can remember um, Ivana wanted to go down to the mosh pit at the front. And it just felt like someone was hitting me in the chest. The, the, I mean, I'd probably suggest take some earplugs or sit a few, sit a few um, seats back from the front. But honestly, it was fantastic. I love going along, the kids, and talking about the message and what God is saying. And being with so many people so passionate and hungry for the things of God, it just does us good. It builds us all up. We all come out pumped. It, it's amazing. It's so so good to go somewhere where God can, we can hear God, we can be refreshed. Uh, we used to go as a family to Pan Asia. I mean, we needed that. We needed that refreshing. We needed to, to get with God's people. We needed, there's something about Australian worship. It's no better than anyone else's. Well, maybe a little bit. But, but, but it, it, it's the worship we're used to, you know, and it just used to do us so much good. And it cost a lot to go there. We were missionaries and it was a priority and it's something we had to really save and it was a faith step. I know that Marlene and I uh, and our kids, we need a break about every three months. 
Um, and so we, so we take a bit of time out every three months, just, just a day or two, spend some time together, and we go away, have a break. We'll do something special if we can about every three months. What about you? How often do you need a break? You know, going to a conference costs money and time. You've got to prioritise it. You've got to sacrifice some time, and it costs something. A few years ago, when we were living in Japan, we decided it was a faith step. We were in that faith zone, which means finances were really tight. And um, we decided to go to the Jesus Lifehouse Conference in Tokyo. We lived way in the south of Japan, a few thousand kilometres away. And we booked them. We just, right, we're just going to do this. And we put it out there. We announced and said, we're going to take the youth from church. So then everybody knew we were going and we are going to go. And we didn't have the money to go, but we are going to go. And um, it was, we had to buy airfares and accommodation and all of that kind of stuff. And then we get all the youth together. And someone in our church went, God's just spoken to me. I'm going to pay for you guys to go. I'm going to pay for all the youth to go and pay for all the affairs. It's going to take care of everything. We're like, shh, everybody be quiet, quiet. Hang on, can you just say that again? You know, honestly, like, we, like it was a faith step for us. And then someone, God spoke to someone. Who knows, you can't walk up to someone and say, hey, would you please pay for the whole youth group to go to a conference? It's just, you know, and, and it was amazing. God responded to our faith. And um, it was amazing. It was a transforming experience for us in our lives and where we're at right then and there in Japan. You don't need to go to a conference to hear from God, but there's something special about investing time and money to hear from God. Like, like it, it, when you go to a conference, you can pray at home. You know, we can pray at home and it's good to pray at home. We should pray at home. But there's something powerful when you get together with a bunch of people that have sacrificed time and money to go somewhere, desperate to hear from God. We're seeking God. We're all leaning in and desperate. Expectation is high. And who knows, faith is contagious, good contagious, you know. And you get together with a bunch of people just desperate to hear from God, desperate for God to do something. And so my faith ignites with Rod's faith, with Marley's, and it just goes on and on. And, and you get that breakthrough. Why? Because faith is so high. Like your faith blesses my faith, and we all share it around, and then faith has gone through the roof, and God shows up and does something, and it's amazing. When was the last time you sacrificed time and money to go to a Christian conference to get filled up and equipped? With the transfiguration, Peter was so excited. He said to Jesus, we'll build some tents. Let's just stay here. Let's just stay in there. But you can't stay at the conference. That The point was for an equipping for the next season ahead. It's to build you up, equip you, challenge you, fill you up for the challenge ahead, the season ahead. So we go to a conference. We get well, we get healed, we get strong and equipped. To win the lost. It's all about the next season. If we want to be the, want to be strong and victorious in our lives and people, we need to grow. We need to keep God's commands. Keep the Sabbath. Let's set a good example to our children. God first. Church first. Study and school second. It's also a witness to our neighbours and friends when we say, no, we're not going to cram on a Sunday. No. I'm not saying if you miss church on a Sunday, occasionally that you're doing something wrong. You know, I mean, we, we, we don't live really in a society anymore that recognises 
Sunday is a church day. Sometimes exams are on Sundays now, you know. I mean, and that's just the reality of it. And, you know, it's okay. But in our hearts, where we can, we shift things around and we make church a priority. We make it a priority because I need you, you need me, we need each other. And we make that commitment to be here. Let's be people who are known as people like Jesus that go to God's house every week. Let's seek God, hunger after him, set time aside for special encounters with God. Be committed to growing in God and being equipped. Let's look for conferences that we can go to, get closer to God, grow, get a bit bigger. You know, if we've got a men's conference on, we had one a few months ago, we, we come along, we sign up and we go. You know, we had the women's conference recently down at Hope Centre. I said that right today. You know, we go along, we sign up, we get full, we encourage each other and we grow in God. Can I invite the band up? Thanks. Can I ask us to stand? Could we just close our eyes for a moment? I mentioned Jesus' transfiguration. Ooh, that was exciting. And the transfiguration was about preparing Jesus for carrying the weight of the world's sin on his shoulders as he was nailed to a cross for you and me. Perhaps you're here and just going, you know what? I've taken that a bit for granted. I've drifted from God. Right now I'm I'm not in right standing with God. Maybe today your heart's beating and God's saying to you, come home. I want to be with you. I want to enjoy you. And God wants to invite you into a relationship with him. If that's you this morning, I can pray for you right where you're standing. God wants to be in a relationship with you. Maybe you were in a relationship with him many years ago, but you've drifted. Perhaps you want to invite Jesus into your heart for the first time. If that's you, I'd love you just to put your hand up. Pray for you right where you're standing. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you that you had the strength to face the cross and carry our sin on your shoulders. Pay the price for the stuff we've done wrong, for the lies we've told, for the things we've taken that didn't belong to us, for the things we said that we shouldn't have said. For the things we should have done, but we didn't. God, we thank you that you died in our place on that cross. God, right now, we put our hand on our heart and we just go, God, thank you. I thank you. We thank you for dying in our place on that cross. Thank you, Lord. I don't know, maybe you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, maybe feeling a bit challenged about the idea of taking a, a Sabbath. I hope you are. I know God's been challenging me about it. So what can we do? Well, the Jews had to prepare for the Sabbath. They had to make some conscious decisions, prepare food the night before. It was, they need to prioritize it. 
I don't think we need to get religious about it or legalistic about it. Your Sabbath can be any any day of the week, but it's a deliberate time that we set aside to spend time with family and God. It's just about taking a day of rest and faith. Taking a day with God is about seeking God's kingdom. So what's some things we can do to help us with creating some margin, some room in our lives? Some rest, taking time with God. Can I share just a couple of practical things? Make some time in your diary for time with God. Can I encourage you, turn your phone off at night. No tablets and phones in the bedroom. That's something you can work out for yourself. But you might think, well, my phone's my alarm clock. Get an alarm. Buy an alarm clock. You know, $15. You know, $15. Get that stuff out of the bedroom. Here's a big one. I learned this from Pastor Wayne, someone who's a friend and a mentor, someone I respect hugely. Ready? Stop checking email after 7 or 8 o'clock at night. You work that out in your scheme of life. But, um, you know, Marley and I have made a commitment. We're not going to check or respond to email after 7 o'clock. Sometimes you can open an email at 7 o'clock and it can ruin your night. You can spend the whole night tossing and turning. And it doesn't change anything. Seriously, it doesn't change anything. But it's just a way about creating a bit of margin, a bit of family time, a bit of time for you and your wife and your kids. You work that one out. It's not in the Bible, okay? That's just some pra- something practical that you might want to consider. You know, it might be 8 o'clock for you, and that's okay. All right. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and the challenge of taking a rest day, a Sabbath with you. We thank you, God, that you want to take time with us. We thank you that you're yearning and longing to spend time with us and and for us to spend time with you and our family. We thank you for the church where we can come and spend time together as God's family. I pray your blessing on every one of us this week. May your word challenge us. May we look at ways of putting in some, some margin, some extra space in our lives and making seeking your kingdom a priority in our lives especially in the area this week of time out with you. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close with a song. Yeah.